This is the North Florida Wrestling Show. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cohn. My co-host, John Cohn, is away at the moment, but we have an excellent episode for you here today. Join us as we learn more about the man behind the machine of the Blue Devils. Stick with us. All right, welcome back to the North Florida Wrestling Show. We have a phenomenal guest on today. I was a little bit hesitant because this man has coached more kids that have beat me than any other coach in the state of Florida, but he is a legendary coach, Hall of Famer, multiple-time state championship winning coach, has coached some of the best wrestlers to come out of the state of Florida. I'm extremely excited to introduce to you Hall of Fame coach from Clay High School Devils, Mr. Jim Reap. How are you doing today, Mr. Reap? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Jordan. Happy to talk some Good, wrestling. Man. Yeah, absolutely. You can't really talk North Florida wrestling and not, ha- you know, not talk, you know, Jim Reap. There's just a couple names in North Florida wrestling that is is very big, and you're definitely one of them. Well, I appreciate the kind words. There's a lot of there's been a, a great community of uh, folks there that have really kind of built things up. And um, I, you know, last year we went to the state final, the the dual championship finals. Um, you know, I think Fleming will have a very good team this year, dual wise, and and um, you know we've had obviously some great individuals. Uh, so I think the area, the wrestling in the area, is really growing. It has grown and developed, and uh, you know we're, we're standing on the footstep or the shoulders, you know, of people who've done a really good job over the years. You know, the coach Laxtons and the uh, you look at what Coach Crowder's done in, in Tallahassee, and what you know people in Jacksonville like Coach Horsewitz and you know Dave Gallion and. You know, I think things are really starting to take off the way St. John's County is growing. Um, you know, there's a lot of people there with wrestling backgrounds. Um, I think we're going to see that area start to take off in the next four to five years. So, yeah, I think North Florida wrestling is really in a good spot now. I do, too. I've been like, you know, just looking around and being able to talk to a lot of people that are that are here and, you know, the experience and just it just seems like it's a really um you know, really good time. You know, I really do think that this is like, in five years' time. We're going to look back at this time and be like, all right, that's when it really, you know, the ball started really getting getting momentum. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's talking about background and everything. Um, you mentioned a couple really, you know, really great coaches. But, you know, I consider you one of the best coaches in North, in North Florida and Florida, period. Um, you know, what was your background and how did you get started in wrestling? And, you know, how did you transition into the coaching? Well, uh, I was – I was grew up in uh, – I was born in Akron, Ohio, but I really grew up in Western Pennsylvania and Eastern, um, or sorry, Western New Jersey and Eastern Pennsylvania. So that's where I went up going to high school. I went to high school in a little uh, town called Phillipsburg, New Jersey. It was a big wrestling community there. And, you know, you're right on the PA border with uh, District you know, 11, which is Easton and Nazareth and, and uh, Northampton. And uh, Phillipsburg, the town I was in, had more high school ch- championships Um Dual, t- dual team championships, I think, than anyone in the state of New Jersey history-wise. So it was a really strong wrestling area. So I was really hyperactive. My parents I had some issues. Um, I was really struggling. And they basically were going to put me on Ritalin, uh, you know, today's modern version of uh, Adderall, uh, the old actually, the old school version of, of Adderall. And they did for actually for a few weeks. My parents were like, no way. This guy's a zombie, right? It's killing his personality. We're just going to get him off sugar, get him on, uh, get him in an exercise program. So they went and, um, saw that there was a local high school, I mean, local wrestling program and away I went and, um, I, I got picked up, uh, every day by the coach 
and I would wait for him. He'd come by and I'd get in his pickup truck and we'd go. And um, as I go look back, it was really important. That was a great experience for me. Um, you know, it was a really good, uh, he was a very, very good uh, instructor. Uh, he ran a very tight ship. Uh, you know, it was the mid, uh, it was the late seventies, early eighties. And yet he would definitely consider much of his coaching techniques to be kind of advanced. Uh, the different things we did interval training to, uh, the way, you know, we, we approached drilling. Uh, he did a great job. His name is Bill Kowalchuk. There was another guy near there named Matt Veers. And so it was really good, really good background. Um, and then I actually stopped, I stopped wrestling in like the seventh grade. Um, cause I was playing a ton of hockey and ended up playing on this youth team, but I got back in the, in high school and, um, you know, my dad told me hockey's expensive, wrestling's cheap, you're wrestling. So that's what I did. And, you know, I had a pretty good career in high school, but really no major accolades. I kind of, you know, felt like it, the, my best wrestling got away from me. You know, I had some good really good performances in the Jersey dual state series, but I never really, uh, you know, didn't really do well enough to really, really make, uh, make any headline, you know, headlines, win any medals or anything. So pretty, um, you know, pretty good junior and senior year, but nothing that right home about. And I walked on in college at Boston university and, um, you know, I just kept showing up and when somebody got hurt or somebody needed something, um, I got found my way into the lineup a couple of times and ended up in the lineup at the end of the year and, so, you know, again, um, I was, you know, probably ended up with a 500 career in, in college. And, uh, but, you know, it gave me a tremendous amount of structure and, uh, the sport, you know, just grows so much mental toughness. And then really where it kind of kicked in is, um, when I, I graduated college in 1992 and there were really not many jobs in the Northeast. It was a recession, but the economies were way better. And I had family in Jacksonville. So that summer I moved down in summer 93 and um, I had been offered jobs, you know, basically through the phone in Jacksonville and my college coach was put on a clinic at UNF. So I went over to see him and uh, see if I could meet some local people in the area and get involved. And sure enough, you know, uh, I ran into some folks and they were eventually able to get me to go to Clay High School. And, um, you know, I, as I tell people, I met those guys, I met this guy, Wayne Ivey, who's now the sheriff of Brevard County. He was leaving. He could no longer coach at Clay. He was going to be Mr. McCabe's uh, replacement. So he left. He recruited me. I met Mr. McCabe on Saturday. I met the future superintendent of schools, David Owens, on Sunday. I went and met Mr. McCabe on Monday again. We struck, struck down, got all my paperwork secured. And on Tuesday, I went to the beginning teacher meeting and met my future wife. So that was quite a weekend for me. Um you know, sounds like it. Yeah, man. It was a whirlwind weekend. I was actually scheduled to go work in Duval County at a middle school. And, uh, I got interviewed on Thursday. I went to the clinic with my coach, uh, coach Adams on Friday. Uh, by, by Monday, I signed with a new school and, uh, on Tuesday I met my future wife. So, and I've been at clay ever since. And, um, what took me about a year and a half to get my wife to actually date me. But once, uh, once I did, I ended up, we ended up sealing that deal in 1996. And, um, you know, good things to happen from there. Well, you kept showing up. That's what happened. Kept showing up. Wrestling teaches you that. Man, dude, I tell, my, man, I tell the kids. Yeah, I mean, I tell the kids that um that I coach. Um, you know, it, I'm like if you go off to college, you know, even if you're not, you know, you didn't have that stand out. I'm like, if you go to college and you take care of your grades and you just keep on showing up, you're gonna get good. 
you know, whether you, you know, crack the lineup or go and, you know, all American or whatever it is, like you keep on showing up, you'll come back and be better than everybody else that you've, you know, been wrestling with. You'll just be on another level. Yeah. It's just I an mean, experience thing. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Um, how long have you been at clay? Cause I've, I've like, just, you don't look 30. that old. You don't look 30. like you should, you don't look like you've been coaching for 30 years. You look good. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Like I said, my wife deserves that credit. You know, she, um, right. Like the years ago, they had this, um, you know, pundit who had a, wrote a book about the proper care and feeding of husbands. And, uh, <laughs> man, she's done, a, she's done a great job that way. Because left to myself, man. I'll eat whatever you put in front of me. But man, uh, I hope, I hope, I hope my, uh, I hope my girl doesn't listen to this. He's going to pick that book up like <laughs> yesterday. It's, uh, what, what basically, uh, what good qualities I have physically, those are all due to my wife. Stacy. Um, well, so how did those first years at um at Clay come out? Because I, you know, I became aware of Clay and yourself and you know the big program around like you know two thousand and you know three, I think. No, maybe well, yeah, uh, two thousand three. Tell you the quick, I mean, I guess condense. First couple of years that where I took over the year before, they would had their best season ever, nineteen ninety three. Um, which Swanee might have won the title that year, or Bowl. I think Bowls won that year. Um, but they had a great, they had, uh, two state champs, they had four state place winners. Uh, that's when they only placed four. So they had a really good showing. And, um, I came in and it was a pretty group of good group of kids coming back, but, um, you know, changing coach, changing approach. Um, I didn't have the relationship that they, a lot of them had formed with coach Ivy and Mr. McCabe. So I had a bunch of kids like quit and, um, we had a transition, um, and like the first three matches, we wrestled uh, Swanee and we wrestled Flagger Palm Coast, who won the title that next year, next three years. And, and we wrestled somebody else. And I'm trying to remember who it was, but we basically lost by a combined like 187 to uh, 45. So we got crushed, like, you know, 63 to 10s in those matches. So we got beat up pretty good. Um, we finally were able to, um, you know, win some duels. And it was a lot more duel meets then. So I just kind of took the schedule in front of me. And, um, you know, by the end of the year, we were wrestling pretty decent. Um, but, you know, uh, we were, we certainly struggled early. And then the next year we had a really good start of the season. We ended up, um, we're, you know, had a really competitive match with uh, Coach Laxon, uh, that team, you know. And uh, it came down like the last um, match at Swanee. Uh, it was really – we had a state qualifier that uh, did not make weight. And uh, Billy Saylor was injured and not in the lineup. Um, so we had – they had a guy out. We had a guy out. And it came down to uh, heavyweight. And um, old Lee, what's his name, ended up uh, pinning our guy, right, with probably was a legal slam. But uh, you weren't going to get any any ref to do that in live oak that night. Um, the crowd would have basically strung them up. So hey, we just uh, like to wrestle hard in Swanee. Yeah, <laughs> it can be. So anyway, it was um, we were way better, and we went into that. We had a really good showing uh, up through. But then uh, our, we had a guy number one ranked in the state, Sean Jackson, and he got sick and missed um, and missed regions. And uh, you know when the lead dog went down, man, everybody went down. So. That was really disappointing. Uh, that was like 96 or 97. And then, oh, we got steadily better. And then beyond it, in the next year, 97, 98, PJ showed up. And we had TJ Petrucci and some other kids. 
And at that point, you know, we were starting to maybe not go year round. We were going eight months a year uh, pretty steadily. And, um, you know, and some guys like, you know, were going full, full all the way around. So we were really picked it up a little bit. We were able to beat, we broke Flagler had a 51 match win streak. We broke it. Um, you know, we really had some competitive matches. Uh, PJ won a state title. Uh, we had a bunch of kids. And then in 99, PJ's sophomore year, right, we put four guys in the finals and we're up by like 25 points. And uh, um, Titusville astronaut caught us. You know, PJ was the only guy who won the finals. And uh, we took seven kids, or eight kids in the state tournament, four made the finals, and only one other kid scored a point. And uh, we had a, one guy who was a region champ who basically got skunked. And uh, we lost in the finals in overtime at 52. We'd won the state title. So that was rough uh, in 1999. And then, uh, but we were basically at that point, we felt like we were, you know, we were, we were, we were somebody. We'd been in the top five in 97, I think, in 98. But there we ended up really, you know, we started to really basically do pretty well. And we stayed and made largely top finishes for a while. Then we went 3A or 2A for a while. And still can, you know, um, PJ's junior and senior year, Cy Wainwright, you know, he came in, he won a, his, his first title as a junior was in, um, was in 2A. And that's was 2A had Brandon and South Dade. Uh, but we were performing pretty well, you know. Um, uh, William Kendrick won a state title for us in 2A at 145. So we had, we were basically kept the run there from 98 to like 2012 or something or 2000. We won a state title every year. Um, and, uh, we finished in the top five, I think, uh, all, all those years straight. And, uh, so we had a pretty good productive turnouts and then, um, you know, coach about 2008 or nine coach Hill who's with us now. He went off to college after he left. He was basically state place when our senior year in 04, he came back in 08 or 09, 09, I think. And coach Rob, uh, after his, you know, he basically got remarried and started a family. So there was a little bit of a transition there. And then uh, by 2011, I think we went on a streak where we were runner-up four out of five years, to, um, one year to Gibbons, and then then LHP. River, Riverdale, so, I think, didn't you? Uh, what, in 08, I think? I think my senior year, I think you guys got It might have been, um, yeah. I, I, never, I remember Riverdale ran away with it, and I think you got – maybe you guys got fourth. Maybe we're, yeah, I don't think that was the second year, that group. I no, think no, that was a, oh, um, 06 you guys got, got runner-up, right? Or no? Uh, I don't think so. We might have been – I don't think so. I think we were run-up 99, and then uh, I think we were top three or four, but we weren't second. I think then from – I think our next one was 2011 or 2010. You got yeah. so many of them, you can't keep track. Well, I can pull up here. Hold on. I have a um, – somewhere around here, I got to basically deal with all that stuff on there. But anyway, um, long and short, we um, we, got, we had a pretty good run. I think we have now – and we have with this dual meet runner-up, that's eight times we've been the runner-up. We won a title and we've been eight times runner-up. So I think, you, I think if they – I think if they would have had this dual meet format, um, you know, for a while, I think Clay probably would have multiple because you guys had a pretty solid dual team. Like if I remember, like usually, at least during my yeah, we years, definitely had better. some. You know, we had some really good dual teams um, for a period of time, uh, for sure. You know, and you uh, you know, you you wish the format because this is so exciting. You know, 
I mean, I liked it even more doing more in gyms. Yeah, 99, 11, 12, 13, 16, 17, 18, and 22. So we've been running up eight times. So we're up to 29 state champs and 122 state place winners. So Man, that's, that is that that definitely speaks for itself. I, I, like one thing I've always like I did notice, at least for the guys that I wrestled from your team, you're you guys always you know they wrestled the entire match, or at least you know from the guys that I wrestled. You always like they always seem to like never really take it off at the beginning or take it off at the end, like a lot of wrestlers do. And I'd always yeah, that's usually when I would lose to those guys. It's always be like right at the end, you know. They always had that um that uh training just to to follow. Yeah, the ability to finish. You know. And I'd love to tell you all the time that's training methods and, you know, right, the way we basically infuse them with this winning spirit. But uh, I do think that we really benefited um, from the late 90s on. That we got some really kind of alpha kids. And, um, you know, Wade Bramlett, uh, Jeremy Stevenson, and then you bring in PJ, you know, who was just this kind of fearless competitor, uh, just tell you he was going to win. You know, he famously, his freshman year before he, he took the Matin State Finals, had a T-shirt made that said Colbert State Champ. So, you know, that carried over into those guys. And I think, you know, really more than anything, gave the program a little more, a bit of attitude and, uh, and confidence. And you saw that, you know, Rain and, you know, when Corey came in, you know, like he tells the story about being there with Virgil McDuffie and just getting beat up in the room. And uh, Virgil telling him, you know, that you're, you got to take the mat like, you know, you got to check the mat with more attitude. You got more confidence. And, you know, I think Corey tried to instill that in guys. And, and that just kind of stuck with it. Um, probably haven't been as athletic or as alpha type kids the last 10 years. But uh, we've still had a lot of great wrestlers. I mean, you know, the kids who win it, uh, they got that special quality about them. You know, they're not always the easiest person to deal with. Uh, but they, you know, they they believe they should win. They believe they should win, and uh, they are not going to accept second best. And that's an important uh, quality it has to be to be that kind of champion. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I've always been like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna accept the loss until like you know the match is over. Like, I'll, I'll start yeah. dealing with it then. Um. So, what do you think has made Clay so much? Um. You know, so you know, so successful, you know, being in the Jacksonville area, there's a lot of schools, but, you know, Clay's been the, you know, the standout, you know, year in, year well, out. In, in, um, Clay County, in Clay County, we benefited from having, a, we when I came in, they'd had some tradition. Like I said, they took fourth. Mr. McCabe and, and Wayne had done a really good job uh, of building the program. And so there was a tradition there. Um, you know, you're, when your principal, Mr. McCabe became our principal, when your principal basically coach wrestling, so there was an understanding and a little and support that we could go do different things from travel to, you know, in the early days, back in the nineties, we'd have matches in school and stuff like that. So, you know, I think that was part of it. So tradition and, and the way the program was featured, um, all those things were, uh, you know, kind of part of it. And then what really picked up from there uh, was, I think you, you started to see more and more, traveling and more and more serious about when Wade Bramlett's parents, you know, really got involved in Calvin. Um, if you ever met Calvin Bramlett, I mean, he's just a guy who basically, he's going to do everything he's going to do. He's going to do hundred percent, whether he's basically playing darts or he's running, you know, running boats and teaching people how to water ski. I mean, so, you know, uh, that infused the program 
with that, that, you know, a more serious attitude, which was certainly felt for me as a 20 something year old coach, uh, you know, so that gave us uh, that, that, that focus. And then we started again with training more and more year round, uh, or, you know, at least seven to eight months of the year. Uh, we were basically on the mat and, and doing stuff and staying active. And, uh, we had, like I said, you combine that with good athletes and tough kids, you know, um, and we've had a bunch of them, even, you know, the guys that didn't always win it. Mark Toro, three-time state place winner, you know, an athletic guy, man, a tough kid. Jeremy Stevens, tough kid. So we had all these guys that come through and kind of gave us, you know, uh, that kind of grit. And we traveled the state and traveled the southeast trying to find, you know, better ourselves. And I think you've seen that pick up in wrestling around the, the whole state and county. Um, but, yeah, we have that, bet, that, that tradition, having the junior high program. And then get having having just a bunch of really great competitors and, and good coaches, you know, like uh, in the late nineties we had Tom Petruzzi, and then Coach Rowell was with us. You know, Tom's a New York uh, State place winner, and then Rob Bodnesta moved in, and you know, Rob was basically uh, taking kids all around the state. You know, with with Corey, I mean Garrett, Corey, Kyle Mills, Stephen Joseph, right? Those guys all Casey uh, Swallow. Right. They all went up and down the state with Rob, you know, and all over the southeastern country. So, um, you know, those those guys, they really helped build the program I mean, really were building blocks. They did a lot of stuff, uh, you know, from the Calvins and the Robs and, the, you know, Tom taking kids and doing stuff when I haven't. You know, and that really made in many ways uh, my life easier my, with my marriage and, you know, finding balance in your life and instead of, you know, see, not burning out. I think that's one of the secrets and why people are like, haven't you burned out? You've been doing it 30 years. Well, no, because I've had people basically between supportive people like my wife and administrator and then great support with the other people who've been coaches in the program. who have really been complimental, complimentary to me, you know, so that's been a, a huge help. Well, you've been, so you've been in the game for a long time and I know you just said that, you know, you've, you've noticed a lot of changes. Um, you know, what's the biggest changes that you've seen in Florida as a whole and, you know, North Florida specifically, and you think it's on the rise, you think it's got a, got a chance to finally start competing, you know, head on with, uh, with South Florida. Well, you look at what, um, coach Cobber has pulled off at, at, um, at the North Florida wrestling Academy, you know, there was a point in the 90s and 2000 aughts, you know, that if you said to people, could you run a pay for, pri- you know, private wrestling gym in Jacksonville, would that really work? And people would just, no, no, that model ain't going to work. People are not going to pay whatever, 100, 200 bucks a month. They may pay that for their daughter to cheer, their daughter to play volleyball. Maybe baseball people will pay that, you know, but you're not going to get wrestling people to pay that. And that kind of was largely true, but in the last seven, eight years, you've seen that change. And you know what they're doing basically, um, you know, what Johan's doing in Jacksonville, he's running a private, you know, wrestling gym there. Um, there's more than another, some other gyms have opened. Obviously, you know, what PJ's done with North Florida Wrestling Academy, uh, what the Riot uh, Academy's doing, you know, doing with, the, with the girls program, you know, and, and Coach Harrison. So you basically see that where people are training privately. And, and again, that's something you saw in like New Jersey, or you saw it in other parts of the country, but it just didn't seem to be a model that fit here in North Florida. But as the economy has improved and as more people have moved here, uh, people are willing to do it. You know, there's been more willingness for people to pay for their kids to basically train off campus um, at these wrestling academies, and they're getting great results. 
be honest, I'm kind of a dinosaur in that sense, you know. I just never really want, felt like um, besides whatever fees we need to cover the costs of schools, I didn't really feel like as, as the high school coach, what I did in the, in the summertime was essentially just part of it. It was like, you know, kind of my vocation. You know, it's what you do. You know, I mean, you don't necessarily, I wasn't going to try to, I wasn't going to lose money necessarily or not much, but I was essentially donating my time because that's what high school programs do. You know, this is not, that model is less and less uh, a working model these days. You know, the really good programs are attached to a club where they're getting really good coaching and not just like the high school kids, you're building a program and club throughout the year. Um, and you see that now. And I know like Coach Hill, I mean, he's got, you know, a 11, 12-year-old son, and he's got a bunch of young kids training there, and they do a great job, you know. And uh, when the when Florida's been great, you know, look when Brandon was really at its best. Coach Cozart's there with his kids. Mr. Gahalas is there with his kids. Coach Joyce is there with his kids. And they were un- unbelievable. Avito, you know, they had all those guys who were involved in the parent, you know, the parents too. There were coaches and all their kids were in the program. You know, South Dade's been great for 30 years, but when Coach Pomacita's kid was there, and Coach, well, then Coach Guck there, and basically you have all those guys there together. These guys were vital to the program. All their kids are in the program coming at the same time. They're elite. And um, you're seeing that more and more around the state. Uh, you know, and that's what it takes to be competitive. You know, if you're going to be CB in it, it's a really, com- you know, I mean, if you want to be competitive, you got to go do it. And um, I think that's what's really changed. Yeah, I definitely noticed that as well. Um, you know, it's I like what you said earlier, like you know, getting him in, you know, the junior having the junior high program really helped, and you know, that's something that really crippled uh, Bay County for a while, as they got rid of middle school wrestling um, like ten, fifteen years ago, and it really started to show how like steep that learning curve is. You know, to go into high school, especially if you're a brand new freshman, never wrestled before, and then you step on the mat. You know, it helps even if you weren't a great, you know, middle school wrestler. At least you have the basics, you know, the movement down, you know, whatever. So that's definitely important. And then finally getting a year-round program going. You know, like you said, getting great coaches. Getting great great coaches in the spots and, you know, getting people put momentum toward it. So that's – I'm excited about it. Have you guys ever been – have you guys been able to do a a war zone yet over in Jacksonville? Uh, They did a war zone um, thing at Lake City a couple weeks ago. Um, or like, like, yeah, two, we could go Saturday, but, um, I think we had one or two kids go over to it. Um, you know, but we didn't get a ton of kids to get over that day. That's definitely, it's a cool, you know, haven't been, how are they? It's a cool concept for sure. It's very similar to like a chess rating where, you know, you get different matchups. Like it doesn't matter if the dude's like a little bit heavier than you or like different, a little bit older with you. It really just tries to get like the best possible matchup and get you guys in and out of there. It's definitely a, um. Uh, I'm excited for it because I knew that, you know, for us, you know, we, for me and my dad, if we want, if I wanted to get some good competition, a lot of times we had to drive over to Jacksonville to have Corey Bodden just beat up on me. So, I mean, it's good to see, you know, more, more competitive tournaments, you know, around sure. the area. Um, so speaking of competition, uh, Coach Crowder said that Clay, Fleming Island, and uh, Lincoln is all going to be in the same region. Yes, sir. Oh, how do you how do you see that playing out? Because I really I really hope to I'm over at Niceville, so I'm hoping I can make that region and come over and watch that because that's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be a very competitive uh, atmosphere there. Um, 
Well, you know, anytime you get Coach uh, PJ and Crowder in the same room, it's been a pretty competitive deal. And uh, obviously, you know, we've had a, a rival with both those. And uh, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a pretty t- tough region for sure. Uh, if you come out of there, you'll be pretty, you'll be pretty tough. I think there was a, for a while that there were northern regions that were considered not that great in the state. Um, I don't. I think that's going to end up being a pretty competitive one and, and uh, bring home a fair amount of kids in the state tournament with hardware. So Clay's looking pretty good this year. You know, I think. Well, I, we had a. Uh, we're going to be in some respects uh, after a building year, just because we had. A really heavy senior class. Um, you know, we had seven, eight seniors leave. Uh, you know, Garrett won the state title. Madison Blackburn won the title in the girls. Uh, you know, we have, you know, we basically qualify, uh, you know, at 170 in place. We qualify at 160 win a match. Qualify at 145 in place. We qualify at 120 in place. Um, you know, those are all seniors and they've all moved on. So, you know, that, um, that's a tough, um, that's a, you know, there's a lot of kids wrestling a lot of matches. I'm sorry. We had a state qualifier at heavy too. Ethan Daniels won a match, the state tournament. So you, you get a bunch of kids, a two time state qualifier. You got a bunch of replace a bunch of kids. So, um, I think we're going to have some growing pains early, but I am excited about, you know, we returned Dominic Martin who's a two time state place winner. You return, uh, you know, Brady uh, Glavin's a returning state place winner. Uh, Jacob Bucci, um, said he and Brady have had great summers. Uh, he's, um, you know, he was a match away, lost in the blood round. He's back. Um, you know, I think he has an opportunity to benefit to, like, uh, the guys who are in 1A, 106 and 113 are some killers. You know, they're nationwide state champs. In 2A, there's some great wrestlers, but maybe not quite the pedigree of, um, you know, the kid at Jensen Beach and the kid at Somerset. You know, those are really outstanding athletes, our wrestlers. You know, they're winning. These are guys who won Super 32 and go out and win all these national events. So he may benefit from that. Um, uh, you know, Kedrick uh, will um, run this for us. Kedrick's is a returning state qualifier. And then there's some guys that I think can really make some hay for us. Landon Solomon, uh, DJ Williams, Monte Burke, uh, you know, uh, Ryland Herrera. So we got a bunch of guys I think that can be very competitive for us. And, uh, you know, uh, I think we're going to get Chandler Thomas back out and qualified as a freshman. He wasn't able to wrestle his sophomore year. He'll be back as a junior. So, you know, Jaden Bell has been in our lineup in and out for three years. He'll be at 195, 220. So, I mean, there's definitely some competitive kids. Uh, just, you know, they're gonna, so we're going to have some guys get a lot more mat time than they've ever had. So uh, that's going to be – you know, it was going to be some growing there for sure. So I think we'll have a pretty talented group, um, but still pretty young to like 138, 140. And then we'll have some pretty seasoned kids there in the 38 to 52 range. And then uh, at 82 and, and 95 to 20, we're going to have some newbies there too. You know, we're going to have a new guy somewhere in the 52 to 60 range, somebody in the 70, 82 range. And, um, you know, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to shake out a heavyweight. We may end up having, uh, you know, a couple guys that are pretty good athletic, but they're like 220 having to wrestle heavyweight. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Um, but, you know, I'm excited just because it's a youthful group. And, um, you know, for years, we also benefit, I mentioned, you know, Brandon Crawford, 
uh, was our assistant coach over the last three years. Um, he did a great job uh, for us. He had a great relationship with kids, um, you know, and uh, really excelled, uh, you know, just a guy who went the extra mile and was really critical because, you know, we lost Hunter to go to Nashville with um, his family moved there. His wife took a job in Nashville that she couldn't refuse, but uh, he came back, Hunter came back and Brandon got a job coaching college at Kentucky Westland. So, um, you know, we're certainly going to see that, uh, you know, loss there. It's great to got Hunter back. Well, man, I was looking forward to having the three of us all there. And even this summer, Brandon and Hunter were probably did, especially with my knee surgery, they were way more driving the bus than I was. So, uh, but again, I think we've had some development we've done and now it's a chance to see where kids come along. So, but uh, it should be should be an exciting year. I haven't mentioned yet, but um, we have uh, a, a young lady who placed last year, Aubrey Anna Apple. She placed uh, the year before, uh, so I think she's a two time placer. Actually, last year was her first official year, but um, she's had a great summer. I mean, she's trained her tail off with Coach Harrison over at Riot uh, Academy, and um, you know, I think she's going to have a huge year. Uh, for, you know, in, on the in the girls division, so. Um, we're excited about it. And uh, again, tomorrow the guys start. We started the girls last week. So we're really looking forward to getting on the mat. Man, I'm that's one thing I'm so super excited has finally changed and caught traction in the last like couple of years is girls wrestling. Because I've said I have felt that for the longest time. I'm like, you know, because a lot of, you know, a lot of coaches or like, you know, clubs, you know, they're very much concerned with like, oh, we need numbers. We need numbers. We don't need numbers. I'm like, you're. you're you know, you're cutting out half the population by just, you know, the way that it is, or you're feeling like, you know, ostracized. So I'm glad that they finally are getting their own division. They're getting the focus and, you know, they're getting a chance to get after it and get after it against other girls. Yes. Um, you know, I think that's really the key. There was a period of time there with the popularity of Ronda Rousey and women's, um, you know, women's wrestling is at the Olympics, but softball is not. I mean, how crazy is that? How much money, is being spent in the United States on travel softball and softball instruction. And yet it's not an Olympic sport and yet wrestling is. And now as colleges add women's wrestling, there's huge opportunities for it. And for years, you know, male coming wrestling fought title nine, but not because title nine was bad. It was great for girl athletes, but it really was taken out in some ways on the backs of, you know, non-revenue sports like wrestling, you know, and track and things like that. You know, for men, there was just less and less opportunities. And, um, you know, that what we've happened is we figured out, well, let's start girls programs. If we have girls program and guys programs, that's going to be a way to grow the sport. Likewise, we've seen now that men don't go to college at the same rate as women. So if you have a Division two school or you have a private school, you're trying to get men on campus, it's good to have basically a men's program to attract guys to wrestle and uh, likewise have girls programs. So, I really think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for girls to keep wrestling. Um, and we're looking forward to growing the sport. You know, I mean, I wish, like I said, I wish 20 years ago we, we'd said, listen, let's basically create girls wrestling. Let's create its own division, right? Let's basically encourage colleges to fund it. Um, and uh, give it, that'll basically really help the sport. And um, well, we got to it late, but we got to it. Yeah, finally. I mean, but it's just because uh, you, you could you, know, you could watch any women's soccer game and see how rough those girls get and be like, OK, you know, 
we need to get them on a, in a pair of wrestling shoes and on a mat. So I'm definitely glad. I think it's going to help the numbers. Yeah, I think you're going to be a few years before people really kind of see its benefits. And, you know, as MMA continues to grow in its popularity, um, you know, you see these women with, with backgrounds in wrestling and jiu-jitsu do well. Uh, certainly, you know, the way women have done well at the Olympics and been featured. Uh, you know, the girl won the um, Helen Gal, you know, won a title. And then the, the gal uh, from Texas, you know, whose family were African immigrants, you know, basically carrying and wearing that flag. And I talked about how she beat a country, you know, where her dad would have been proud. And, you know, that moment, and she was so uh, charismatic. I think yeah. you're going to get more and more people moving to the sport. You know, yeah, that's um, that's what they need to do. They need to highlight Tamara, uh, Tamara Mintz and Stock. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, man. What an yeah. incredible personality. Yeah. Yeah, she's and, a great personality. Great personality. You'd smile. Just, you know, really likable right, person in story. You know I mean? Personifies the American dream. So I think you can uh, grow the sport from that. And uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a little hesitant as some you know girls. I'm not really sure. What should I do? But, you know, you saw the numbers, you know, more and more. You go to those tournaments, there's plenty of girls, man. They're showing up and wrestling. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, the, they're cutting out a big part of the hesitation. I think a lot of girls, you know, prior had, it's like, okay, I would like to wrestle, but I don't want to go into a room full of 30 guys and, you know, be the only girl. So if you provide that, I think just providing that atmosphere of like, hey, you know, this is the girls team, you know, you're not going to, you know, it just – because I can see it, you know, when you have kids come out for the club team, we have girls come out that are very tough. But then, you know, I yeah. think that that hesitancy kind of like comes in. Some don't care. Some will come in and just toss the boys on their head like everybody else. But it, it helps yeah. add to it. So um, speaking of growing, too, um, did you get to did you go to the Battle of the River City yesterday? I did. I was. I did get over there yesterday. Damn, man, so just, I did not. Did, I came how, back. Spent some time with family, but I was there for the first cup, first three matches. Um, so it was it was a great venue, and it was great to see all those folks in Jacksonville. Great to see wrestling, you know, two top, I mean, six division one teams and two top twelve teams in the in the city, you know. Um, and people came, you know, those people there from Orlando. I saw Coach Gug from Bradenton Manatee. Uh, you know, the guy, uh, the coach from um, Miami Southwest was there. Coach Eric, and I mean, so people showed up. People showed out, you know, um, most, I think almost all the, the Jacksonville coaches and I know were there. So it was great. It was great to have it. And you know, great job by um, Airstream and, and Ernie Bono, Chris's brother, making all that happen. It was really, um, it was really, you know, a great event. Yeah. I mean, it's so good for like this kid, um, you know, the kids in the area and the kids in Florida to be able to see, you know, that, that high level of athletes in their sport up close and personal. Cause you can watch it on TV and everything and it's great, but seeing it in person is just a whole nother, uh, it's a whole nother, uh, another ball game. Yeah, really is. So, I mean, you've been, um, so you have been in this for a while. Um, you know, what are some of the, what are some of the best memories that you have as a coach? Well, you know, the state championship certainly was, I mean, it was a really great team. We won the event going away, put seven, uh, you know, we had four champs, put seven guys in the finals. Uh, at the time, I think it's been broken by uh, LHP. But at the time, we set the record for points in um, in 1A. So that was a great moment. Um, and then in 99, uh, get, putting the four guys in the finals, and uh, that taking second, you know, the first time we really got
got it went home with a trophy. That was a great deal. Um, you know, I remember that victory against Flagler Palm Coast where we broke through fifty one match win streak. Um, and you know, uh, and then along the way, you know, the different variation. You know, we've had great matches with Fleming. Uh, there was a weird period of time there, like PJ's. He's had his the last five years. I think we are four, four or five. I think we've only won one. Uh, so he's had the better of it. But there was a period of time where we had probably had better teams, and we always found a way to win. You know, we just always found one match. We won five of the fourteen matches, and we uh, we won like twenty eight, twenty seven. Right, and Lily, you know, he was losing his mind. Right, you know, they won nine decisions, twenty seven points. We had four pins in a major and won the match. You know, um, so we we really had a run, good run there. Uh, but obviously, he's going that thing, and it's been been you know very competitive. When they first broke our streak, it was a uh, you know in two thousand seventeen, it was a um, or eighteen, whatever that was. It was basically it came down to cri- like the seventh criteria. So you know we were still arguing with the official about whether he was using the right criteria. It was it was a crazy deal. But um, so those were always great memories. And then you know the real things though. Is you remember the camaraderie, you know, the the, the coaches, um, you know, the good times they've had, you know, with the different coaches, um, you know, when when we go to Swanee and go to Coach Laxon's house, or you know, been over in the Panhandle, we've had a great time with Travis and those guys. Um, you know, those events have always been a good time. And then you know, when your kids, the kids basically go on. You know, you go and you're there when they get married, or you're there when you're going to have a baby. You know, and they invite you there, there at baptisms, you know, and, and now I'm at a point where I have kids coming who I coach their dad or, you know, I mean, so, you know, that link to the, to the, that legacy to the community has really been um, probably the best part though. You know, I'd say, you know, there's all the, the winning the matches and titles are all great. You have great memories, but the camaraderie and the relationships you develop with kids, um, you know, when they come back, you know, and, and I've seen guys like my family was out in uh, Utah and I um, went and met, had dinner and, and uh, with Eric Minich, guy Russell Force who never placed, but died, died. He probably had the best lateral drop and throw we've ever had in the room. And he met, you know, one of those guys that didn't work out for him to place, but he's one of the, like we talk about all the time, one of the top 10 guys who never got on the podium. But man, he was tough, you know. Um, and had multiple wins over state place winners and state finalists, but it just he never never happened for him at the state tournament. And uh, but you know I ran in and you know we had dinner uh, with him. You know here we are a couple thousand miles across the country. And made it it made a point to get together, and uh, you know that's happened. And you know going to an Air Force graduation and you have two of your guys on the podium. You know basically walking across the the deal. I mean those are great things. You know and you see those. those guys are now in their thirties and you go to their weddings and you go to their kids, you know, stuff. And so that's all, um, that's really the, that's really the special stuff there. The good stuff, I guess, Kenny Chesney would say. Well, I got, so I actually have a question that I've actually been meaning to ask you for a while. I just never had the chance. Sure. So do you, do you, so I, do you actually, do you write down three statements for your guys at the end of the year going to the state tournament? I, I try to, I mean, get, you know, do I always, Rule of three is always a good one. You try to give them things to focus on, you know, and, and you always start to like, what do you focus? What are you trying to do on your feet? What are you trying to do on the top? What are you trying to do there? I mean, obviously that's something you kind of ingrain, have a plan, win the whistle, you know, know what you want to do, right? Wrestle the match to, to your strengths, all that kind of stuff. 
But yeah, you know, you go to the state tournament and you you try to the mindset is a big part of it. I think one of the things that we've worked at is just getting the kids to believe in themselves and the mental aspect. We've always done visualization exercises. We've done for 25 years and, um, you know, get the kids affirmations. It's amazing, particularly with this generation, that you see a lot of kids that, and even more, that it's hard for them to basically see themselves, really see themselves. Like they may joke about it, but to see themselves as a champion, like for them to look in the mirror and, and tell themselves they're a champion, they're elite, they're a winner, you know, that's hard to do. Now, most of the kids that are state champions, that's not a problem for them. But there's a lot of kids that are good wrestlers and work hard and are good athletes. And we've got kids on the podium that get them to believe in themselves that way was totally different. I mean, that required, like, to get them to basically say that, you know, was really hard. And um, they just didn't have that confidence. And you develop it. Uh, and wrestling through basically, you know, just by keep showing up and by being aware of it and that mental aspect when, you know, you're down on yourself and you feel like you're choking to just having a system to, pu- to push through, you know. Uh, so we've really worked on that. I know Coach Hill spends a lot of time. He's a big in, in, in uh, you know, the mental mind is training. Uh, he's really spent, we spend a lot of time with that, even with the young kids. So that's been really beneficial. Well, I asked that because I, um, I heard a, so I forget who told me this, but you know they told me about the rule of three, and then someone it might have been Garrett's sister that that told me, but she said that on my senior year, the um, on Garrett's the uh, one that you gave him, you had don't underestimate Jordan Cone. Yes, yeah, that I don't I know that you meant to inspire him, but I want to let you know that has uh that stuck with me my entire life, and it's it. It's something that I I continue, you know. If I if I'm down, um, you know, I would remember that. And I I don't know if you meant that to come back to me, but I would like I I want to say that I personally appreciate, um, you know, that line. You know, it's something that well, we basically saw you as a potential threat. You know, we we saw the way you were you're improving, and um, you know, when a guy's had victories over a guy, and we want to acknowledge, like I think the last time you guys wrestled. It had been pretty, you know, pretty close, and he'd had a bunch of or had some victories over you. So you don't want to. Those are the guys, man. You were coming, and sometimes those guys, are like man, that guy's kind of, you know, he's get, catching up. I, mean, I used to beat him, you know, with a lot more ease. Or at, that kind of, you get, you start to choke a little bit. So I wanted to make sure that was out, you know, because he had a terrible experience the year before. He was clearly the, you know, Garrett clearly had, should have had more titles than he got. You know, Garrett should have um, been a four timer. Yeah, he really should have. Um, except for the year that, except for the year that I would have beat him in the finals, I'm gonna say that maybe a three. There you time. go. There you go. But he, uh, you know, he really had that get away from him, and you didn't want him to go down there and freak out because uh, yeah. you know once you freaked out in the state tournament, it's easy to get down there and freak out again. You know, those demons they catch up with you. And what makes the sport so hard and compelling is you got to fight that way through. Man, I still, I will still say, I think Stephen Joseph is probably the best wrestler to to not win a state title in the state of Florida. Honestly, yeah, that, he that was, was really, I, he was really good. Um, you know, he certainly is one of the guys for us to uh, to come out and not get a title. You know, I mean, he was yeah. really good in Greco too. Really good. Yeah. In Greco. What? Well, he's an Air Force officer, so it seemed like it all worked out. Yeah, he's him. out now. He's a lawyer. He went and, um, out of the Air Force, good. basically, um, and finished at University of Virginia Law, uh, law School. And he's now basically clerking and working down in for a, a federal judge in um, South Florida, 
uh, not, um, in uh, near Vero. Uh, so so Stephen, do that. So he's going to be yep. paid to argue. That that sounds about like Stephen Joseph. Yes, and, <laughs> and compete. Yeah, he's got a baby Man. on the way. So any 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 week any day now in the next in the next I think before Thanksgiving the baby's due. Man, well, congratulations, Stephen. Yeah. Well, man, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. I know it's a little no, bit late. I appreciate, I appreciate it. I got some stuff to do, so but I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, anytime you want to talk wrestling, um, I'm happy to do it. Yes, sir. I'll probably hit you up on uh, on that region two way region one uh, preview when it comes up. Yeah, it'd be great. A region. Thanks again, North Florida Wrestling fans. We appreciate you listening. Keep tuning in as we do coaches' bios and as the season rapidly approaches, tournament previews, post-match results, even head-to-head dual analysis. It's going to be a great season on the mat and on this mic. And remember, we're not here just to talk North Florida wrestling. We're here to get wrestling talking North Florida.